wieners. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It is lunchtime in Rome. Tonight is episode 119, entitled Rachel Mitlow. Rachel was a part of the Ladies Takeover podcast this January and is back for more. What's it like to be married to a man who filters everything through emotional needs? What's it like to be a pastor's wife? Sign language? Framing art for a living? Flying on a plane without your father at the age of five? So much happened before most of you even met her. We'll be talking about a lot of that and much more tonight. Pull up a chair at the table and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and if you can, give us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? No matter who you are, at some point in time in your life, you will feel alone. Being alone is as bad as anything gets. If things are great, but you feel alone, well, they're not as good as they could be. If things are bad and you're alone, well, things just got so much worse. There is a Bible verse, Romans 12, 15, which states, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. And that is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is all about. Each week we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk, to model rejoicing and mourning. We then hit the main topic and finish with some do-betters and can't-do-betters as well. So while it may not be 1215 in Rome, we're treating it like it is. Lunchtime in Rome. Boom. Rachel abstained. Uh, so usually I like to start out with the bad because I like to end on with the good for, mm -hmm, for, mm -hmm, for the mm -hmm, week. Mm -hmm. I got peed on this week. <laughs> Did you pay for that service? I was going to say, by who? That's and Chris isn't even here, right? Uh, yeah, I got peed on. So we are in the, th I don't even want to say the thick of it, but Maggie is, uh, I'm not even going to say potty training. Um, she is refusing to go on the potty, but we are in that life phase, that, that time in Maggie's life where we want her to go on the potty and she is not, and she is adamant about not. Um, but she's we've been amy and i've been talking we, we we say like she's all around the target she is circling around the target and we know it's all going to click it's going to happen overnight and from everybody that we've talked to she's just that kind of kid where it's all going to click it's going to happen on her she terms has to make her own decision right tell her, her she's not allowed to pee in the toilet and it might work <laughs> Um, that shame shame her into <laughs> yes. How does it feel to poop in your pants? Yeah, um, make that shame work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she the other morning she was like, "I want to be naked," and we were just like, "Okay, you know, we'll see how this goes a little bit." And uh, and then she was having a moment. She was crying, so I picked her up, and then all of a sudden I just felt warm, mm. yeah. like going down the, my side and all the way down to the floor. And, and she's like, big enough. That was probably a lot of pee. It was pretty healthy pee. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was not a great moment. Just, just, just scream at her? No, I just kind of <laughs> held her and I was like, this is where we are. It was just, you know. Yep. Um, and I'm not like, 
I don't get grossed out by that stuff. I definitely got a shower afterwards, but I'm just, I'm not like, you know, it was like, whatever. It's, you know, kid pee. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that was my bad. Um, and it's been, and it's, it's just a good been, story, though. It is a good story um, after the fact. Um, and it is frustrating. Like, you know, we, she's so smart and she's been ahead of the curve on everything. And this is the one thing. And, um, you know, I think Amy's beating herself up a little bit that she isn't mm. getting it. And I'm like, that's crazy. Even though I haven't said that, I've been, you know, more, you know, meeting yes. her, you know, you know. Yes. I haven't said you're crazy, hon. Like, that's insane. No, I haven't, I haven't said that. Um, so yeah, it's just been a struggle and it, you know, causes frustrations to heighten and, you know, get irritated. So that's where we are with that. Um, well, just think about this. Once you potty train, the next time that you really pee yourself is when you drink too much in college. So <laughs> hopefully that never hopefully. happens. Let's, let's not speed up time too much. Right. Yeah, right. Um, enjoy this moment. Right. Uh, enjoy getting peed on. Um, got it. <laughs> Trace Atkins said, you're going to miss this. <laughs> right. Um, and then good this week. I gotta say, I've been really enjoying the World Championship disc golf. Mm, so mm, Jay had mm, recommend mm, recommended we watch. The I whole, demanded. Yeah, you did demand, and I'm glad you did because like normally I'll watch like little things here and there. I have watched every single episode. I have not finished it. I'm on the final. Like the there's there. It's gone into sudden death. I'm very excited of where it's going, and I can't wait to finish it. I'm gonna finish it tonight. Um, but man, it has been so much fun to watch and it's made me want to just get out and play. Like, I can't wait to go back out and play again. Um, and shout out to Jomez Pro. Uh, mm-hmm. I know they all listen to this show. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as a Patreon member, I will say, uh, you're welcome. That's right. Right. Jay, you sponsor the show. That's awesome. I sure do. Um, and they just do such a good job of covering the event. And man, it's really, it's producing, really, really producing well done. it. Yeah. Really great videos. And, and their production quality has gone up, I feel yeah. like, in the past couple videos. Like they call out what disc they're throwing, yeah. you know, at times. And then they're, you know, they're showing how far they threw the disc. Like it's, it's really cool. I, I got to admit, because I'm this, I, I watched, like, I, that was one of my goods. And I almost went out in the rain today and just went up to the park and was like, yeah. I don't even care if it's I raining. Just, I just want to whip some get out there. Just get out there and throw. Um, so that's been really fun to watch. And there's just been moments where, like, I can't stop. Like, I can't I can't look away. Like, there's, like, you know, sometimes I'll, like, multitask and, and I'll watch it. But, like, there's there were moments where I'm just, like, glued to the TV. It was, it's just been so exciting. So that's been cool. Um, and then food for the week. The I've been doing the sous vide. Uh, and I did shrimp for the first time tonight. Jay, I'm going to give you a little bit later. I'm interested to hear what you say about it. It was interesting. It wasn't what I expected. Um, what did you expect? I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I really don't. And like, I don't know. I didn't not like it. Like, it's not like it's bad. Um, like I would eat it like this again, but it's definitely the softest shrimp I've ever had. Indeed. Because um, it's been in there since noon. Blech. And that might be one of the things is like maybe it's not one of those things that you cook for very long. You cook it for like the minimum that mm-hmm. you would want to in a sous vide. Like, you know, I think an hour would be fine. Maybe two if it's frozen, which it was. But I think maybe too long in the sous vide. It, like, it's, Did you put it in frozen? I like sh- like 
ran some water over it for like you know like five minutes you know like normally like what you would do before you put it in a in a skillet or whatever Mm -hmm. um and then the the other thing i did was like halfway through this afternoon like i drained all the all the water out oh you rebagged i didn't rebag i just clipped the corner and then resealed it up Okay, sure. So that, you know, so that it's not, like, actually sitting in water the whole time. Right. Yeah. Well, and then you took one out, and it was it was kind of leaking. So maybe that affected the... Yeah, it could have. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But I feel like you said the one with Sam's one was Aldi. Yeah, the ones with and tails are like, Sam's. The ones without tails are Aldi. And I feel like they were both about the same texture, you know? So I don't think the bag ripping or whatever it was really sure. mattered too much. Sure. Rachel so we'll just see. left. <laughs> Blech. Blech. Um, But it was good. But I think, like... You know, if you can nail it in a skillet, that's the way to go. Um, it might not be one of those foods that's better the longer you cook it. So, uh, but it was good and it was interesting, and I like my sous vide, and it was fun to experiment with it. No, it's it's been neat walking behind you in the sous vide world. That's one thing. Um, and uh, we'll we'll get to me in a minute. Yeah. Am I next? You next? I, I thought I could go, and then you could introduce you could go and introduce Rachel after sure, that. Sure, I would love to do that. All right, but wait. I'm going to say hi to Kathy and Phyllis. Hi, Kathy and Phyllis. Hey. Phyllis. Well, you didn't say hi. I said hi for you. but That's fine. Okay. Um, So my good, again, echoing Eric, that that was actually one of mine was just like I woke up this morning um, out of a dream throwing discs. You know, like that was the first (laughs) thought, just seeing discs flying. Um, I want to go play again because, again, those are it's, – it's an amazing championship and it's really well produced. I really – you know, we've been talking. this It's going to blow up in the next year, year and a half. Um, I think COVID and, you know, people being stuck indoors – needed to get out and do something. Golf courses weren't really open even, you know, for a certain period of time. Um, and, and you can just go. There's no tee times. It's just it's free. There. It's free. And it's, it's understood exercise. That's the hidden thing with disc golf. It's like hiking with a purpose. And it's beautiful. And, yeah, it's so disc golf, high on it. Um, I have a couple Ethan goods. Hmm. Let me do bad first. Let me do bad. Um, and it's not even really that bad. Abby got her teeth pulled, no. two, two of her teeth pulled this ah. week because she's about to get braces. So she's in, like, the run-up oh, for getting boy. braces. Um, so she needed to make room in her, in her mouth. Um, and so she had two teeth pulled, but she handled it like a champ. She got them pulled. She, did. she, she's like, yeah, I'm in some pain. Like, uh, you got two teeth pulled. Like, I'd have been like, oh, hate life. And she's just been so good. So that would be my bad, which is not really that bad. And it's more bad for her, but it's still good because I'm really proud of her and how she's handling things. My goods, man. Um, Ethan, um, came up to me on friday and was like is it time to cut the grass and so like one of like he, he has chores you know he makes he has an allowance but one of his bonus things is he can decide he wants to cut the grass at some point in time and we have a pretty big yard and so he and i because I, I do like to cut part of the grass right i like to cut the grass um but i also like to give him the opportunity to make some money so um it was it was last Friday and I was kind of behind and uh, he came up to me. He's like, "Can I cut the grass? Like, is it, do I have an opportunity for that?" I said, "Sure." I said, "And if you want to cut the whole grass, I'll give you double what I would normally give you." And that does that kid, include the hill in the front? Yeah, he oh, did man. everything. He did everything. You guys do have a yard. It's a it's yeah. a it's a lot of yards. It's, it's a, a sneaky it, yard. It's a candidate yeah. for a riding mower lawn. Like I could yeah. put I could put two disc golf holes in there and we could make that work. Mm. You know, I mean that's a big yard. Why haven't you? Um, but so he did the whole thing and I was really proud of him because he, he had that initiative and earned the money. Um, 
he also speaking of initiative he got his work permit and he's um he had a conversation over the weekend at joe mitlow's graduation party with somebody and they said if you want a job even though you're 14 you can come work you can get as many hours as you want this summer um is it rosedale pool he can go oh, yeah he can go work the uh the concession stand um and so he's really interested in doing that and again i'm really proud of him he really wants to do that mm-hmm. and it's really close so because initially he was like i want to do kennywood right. I'm like ugh. he could 11. almost ride his bike he could almost we've talked about <laughs> he could it ride his bike there too no thank not you back. not back i mean and salzburg i mean still Oof. pretty nope Hey, when I was in seventh grade, I, I had to walk day. all of Salzburg Road from Forbes School all the way down there. Ten degrees, slush and snow. Mm-hmm. I only got hit twice. Stop. That's, that's good. Well, but there's Rosedale Road yeah. that comes back. That, Go around. That would suck. So, anyways, but the, but the point is, like, I'm really excited about how he's um, becoming a young man. He's becoming a young man, taking initiative, and again. I, I, I really give a lot of credit to Joe and, mm. and to Ben, uh, Ben Davidson, um, just for being those older kid examples where he's seeing visually something, they're making it work, they're, they're flourishing. Um, and, you know, we've also told him right from the beginning, you have to work. Um, and, um, this is our expectation. And he's seeing a lot of what we've expected of him playing out in your son and, and, and Ben. So I think that's really cool. Um, and then I was up at the, last Tuesday. I didn't see him or I'm sorry, last Wednesday. I didn't see him all day. Normally he'll come in when he wakes up and he'll give me a hug. Um, you know, and I'm where I work from home. So he'll come in and give me a hug. He didn't like, I didn't see him all wet last Wednesday at all. Um, and I told him about it Thursday morning. I was like, you know, that's, I just didn't see, I didn't like that. You know, part of it's me. I could have come down and said hi to you. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I was sitting up at the pool on Thursday night and, um, he, he just, just comes up and it's, you know, it's a little bit later. He just comes up and I'm thinking like, what do you, you know, in the back of my mind, what do you want? What's going on? He just comes up and give me a, gives me a hug and said, Dad, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't see you yesterday or the other day. Oh, uh, um, babe. I love you. You know, and I was just like, oh, man. Like, that is, as a 14-year-old kid, and not to blow him up, he's been on the podcast. He's a, mm-hmm. But it was it was amazing to me. Well, and it's one of those things where who knows how much went into it thought-wise for him. Mm-hmm. Could have been a lot. Could have been all day. Could have been spur I gotta of the go moment. Say hi to Dad. I got to go No understanding dad. of what it meant. Right. Exactly. Even if he thought this is really going to make my dad feel good, Mm -hmm. it was like gold in your arms. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. You know, they always say you never know the last time. And Mm -hmm. I mean, Joe and I still hug and everything else like that. But you know, there's the there's that time when, right? Maybe the hugs don't come as often. Right. And they, and they don't come as often, you know, and like, well, I mean, already, sure. you know, that's the, that's the thing, you know, I don't put them to bed anymore. Like they're, they're, like you said, you don't know when the last time is. And so you take those moments and, and really cherish them. I would say my food, and this is kind of a weird one. Um, Abby's been raising chickens for, since February and she's so proud of herself and I'm really proud of her because she's gone from egg to chick to, you know, through the whole process. Oh, you skipped my favorite one. Pull it. <laughs> Pull it. It's 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 the stage after chick, but before they're actually hens. Are you saying a real word? Pull it. Yeah. I'm gonna have to ask Lex. Do it. <laughs> All right. She's it goes, the one, she's the goes, one told me about it. It goes chick, egg, egg, chick, chick. Pull, pull it, it, twist it, bop it, <laughs> <laughs> slam it. Um. So Cook yeah. It. 
<laughs> but anyways the chicks the chickens the hens officially now um are laying eggs so so fun they are pretty cool and i didn't realize i just learned this that the eggs get bigger the older the chickens get the uh. more they lay uh, and so we had a great conversation in our house last night about uteruses and uh, buttholes on chickens. Oh, and um, Ethan was like, oh, God, no, stop talking about it all. Because like Abby and Lex are like just oh, yeah. all these anatomy well, things. The membrane. <laughs> oh, that's a great word, right? Um, but so that, that's that's my good, bad and food. And, and um, urethra. I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on to Jay. Urethra Franklin. Stop. I am excited to taste your eggs. I, I am, mean, who's not? Yeah. Well, I could have gotten much worse. Mm-hmm. So for me... Uh, Protein. Pro uh, Joe's grad party. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I mm-hmm. like to cook. And so it was a lot of fun just doing the puzzle of cooking everything, getting it ready on time, making sure that it's all good because everybody knows I like to cook. Um, and I love the fact that my lovely bride, her, uh, cheesy potato dish got Mm, as much reviews as anything other than maybe the brisket, but maybe not even, uh, which was hilarious to me because, you know, Rachel's just like, I just make them, you know, she, she makes them with love is what they say. Not really. Mm. She just puts it together. But it was just fun and it was great. And the people that were there and to honor him and the the presentation in the beginning with, as I called them, the army guys, which everybody thought was hilarious, which I still don't know why. I mean, that's what they are. Yeah. Uh, Legitimately. It it was, it was just a good moment and it was a lot of fun and not as, I mean, I, to, I had a very understated fear of graduation parties. And I think Rachel would agree with that. that in general, not Joe's, but in general? Well, Joe's because of in gen- No, 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 no. Joe's. <laughs> no, oh, like, okay. I can go to a graduation party, no problem. But it was like, oh, man, whenever the time comes, it is going to financially ruin us. It's going to cost so much money and it's mm. going to be so much work. And we crushed it. I mean, yeah, it was it was a good party. And it wasn't that expensive. And it wasn't, you know, it was just fun and easy to do. And we put it together. And it was a great testimony or example, I should say, of our relationship. Because I handled my lane and Rachel was in her lane. And it all worked out really well. Um, Rachel, Rachel's all about the people, right? Like making sure that <laughs> hugging the people. And, right? and she really was, though. And I, it was it was a good turnout, and it was neat to see the people there that showed up. And then, conversely, I had preached the week before about how the graduation party is one of the first times for a high school student. It's a rite of passage because they can't go and see everybody they want to see, and they don't get and they have to talk to people they don't want to talk to, and. I realized about halfway through, ah, it's kind of the same for the parents. And it wasn't that I didn't get to talk to who I wanted to talk to. I was just, because I remember, Rachel, three months ago, you know, you said, I don't want you to be obsessed with the food the whole time. I want you to be there for the people. And so throughout the entire night, anytime I paid attention to the food, I was like, make sure you're paying attention to the people. Make sure you're there for Rachel. (laughs) Make sure you're there for that. And, and Marcy, Marcy was great as far as running the food line and making sure Mary Lynn was great and Jan helped out with that. But I still got to pay attention and answer. Right. And I just felt like I was either running to, you know, somebody else every given moment 
And then, you know, somebody talks to you like five times and you're like, yeah, I see you five times a week. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not your time right now. I got to talk to somebody. And I just felt like I was always shortchanging somebody Mm -hmm. where at like our wedding, we were cool with like, hey, we said hi. It's our wedding day. Mm -hmm. But I, I just felt more burdened during this event that I was letting people down relationally throughout the night, no matter who I talked to. Um, I got over it, mm-hmm. but it was more stressful than I expected in that regard. Yeah. I really enjoyed the blending of worlds, not to chime in on your good. But no, like, I appreciate I was that because that makes me feel good. It was really cool to, to, you know, you guys have quite the extended friends and family. And I've heard a lot about a lot of people and to be there to meet a lot of these people was very cool. And it was, it was super chill, very relaxed. I mean, at least, you know, for my part, maybe that's just me, but I echo uh, that. I actually, I thought it was really smart for Bella to run the slime making table. Mm-hmm. Like that was, uh, and she was great at it. Like she was so oh, good, good at it. Yeah. It was so fun. And the food was fantastic. Well, and that's one of the things that I, I pride <clears throat> ourselves on as parents that, you know, we and we said like this is a tough time for Bella. That the attention's not on her, and we've raised her enough to at least be open and honest. Where she's like, you know, at graduation, she said, "I just saw a TikTok that was like, my brother is a valedictorian. Hmm, how can I make this about me?" Mm. <laughs> and <laughs> and for her to share that is both smart and honest. Yeah. She shared and, that with you guys, uh-huh. like oh, on the way cool. to the right. actual commencement. Right. <laughs> that's and that's that's cool. That's a window into her world. Like, right. hey, I know yeah. this is funny, but and so the same thing, you know, Rachel came up with the idea. I believe it was your idea for the slime table mm-hmm. because it gives her purpose and it gives her function and it gives her attention and and helps. she's really good at it. And she's really good with kids, right? Which yeah. is incredible. And, and I said that, that to you her. guys are considering it. You know, how many parents would just breeze through that and that kid. All those emotional right. needs. Suck are it not up, met. Bella. Get right. through it. This, this isn't, isn't about, about your you. brother. Yeah. Right. right. Um, Kudos to you guys. Really. Thank you. And it is. I will celebrate Bella in that she is good with little kids. I mean, you could answer that more than I can because mm-hmm. you're with her in the childcare, it's at nursery and stuff at church. Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> and yes, <Perfect. laughs> she is so effective in her job at Seneca mm. with the seniors and mm. that like she's passionate about them and, mm. and is invested in them. And so maybe it's just once they get to be eight until they get to be 78 is when mm. maybe she has a problem with people. Yeah, I mean, um, that's everybody. <laughs> but it was good. And it was, you know, when it was done with the kids, like I noticed my office door was closed and I thought, well, that means Bella's hiding. Mm. And so I opened the door and I just started laughing and she was just like, I'm just done. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. Yeah. And then later on, she texted me, are you guys almost done? Did I even tell you this? Yeah. She texted me, are you guys almost done when we were cleaning up? And I replied to her and I said, um, honey, actually, the exact, we're at home. The exact. <laughs> <laughs> Where we are did, you? <laughs> we did think of that at the end. <laughs> of leaving her? Yeah. In a completely dark church. <laughs> Once again, I decided that wasn't a great idea, but. I said, sweetie, I'm allowing you to not clean. You don't get to be impatient. Right. Yep. And Brian, thank you so much because you were such a big help in cleaning up and all that stuff as well. Um, food, I already talked about it. Grad party. Uh, bing, bang, boom. All that kind of fun stuff. Still Freaking eating some brisket, of it. man. That brisket. Uh, brisket was good. So good. Helps when you buy prime. Uh, that's the way to go because I bought cheap brisket before and that does not mm. go well. But I'll tell you what does go well, and that is the life of my lovely bride, Rachel, who kept saying, when can I be back on the podcast? When can <laughs> I left so much on the table. I mean, Lex and Amy and Amy were fine, but I need my own podcast to get it all out. 
She did not say she's that. She's probably in your ear since, well, never. Never. <laughs> um, Rachel Mitlow is with us. And I think an easy transition would be, Rachel, do you want to share just what's good, what's bad, and what's going on in your world? Sure. Well, you stole mine. For the good, I was going to say we had Joe's graduation party. Well, it but was, it's your perspective. Right. I, You know, I tend to be a little bit more list oriented and get what? angsty about different things but um, do you mean like when you were anxious that we were ahead of schedule right and i kept i literally wandering in circles like looking for something i kept touching stuff and just moving it because i didn't have anything to do um but like you said it all went off without a hitch and it was very nice i think people had a good time it was successful we you handled the food perfectly i think because there wasn't a ton left over not Diff- a ton. Oh gosh! When, when Don't did, ruin my time. When did you? When did you guys hear about? <laughs> there it is. God bless you. When did you guys hear about the army guys and and the presentation? Well, and was that part of your plans, or did that throw you off? No. So I invited the recruiter, Joe's recruiter. Oh, okay. I mailed him an invitation, and like a week before, Jay's our brother-in-law, Bob, who's retired. Mm-hmm. General, uh, he was on the podcast. He's yes. been at the table. Yes. Epi- episode hundred. He said that that recruiter never got the invitation because if you oh. mail something to Pitt, it kind of gets lost in Pitt, the, the mail. Bureaucracy. And we were, and so he had set it up with two other recruiters that they would come mm-hmm. and present the check, mm. not knowing what that looks like. What does that mean? I mm-hmm. have no idea. Yeah. So they showed up at four, and it was. I mean, they were very nice, and that all went very nicely. Um, yeah, so that was that was the good, the graduation party, and now it's kind of, now that that's over, I can kind of start my summer, because everything was finish work, graduation, Joe's cousin's graduation party, Joe's graduation party, and now there's nothing Yes. until we go on vacation, which will be super fun. Um, the bad would be, last week I picked a tick off the back of my knee, which made me sad, but there was nothing there. It was fine. It was the babiest of ba- You're a murderer. It was a baby tick. It wasn't. It, it was, was not even a fat a, boy. It wasn't even a pullet tick. No. It was a pullet tick. It was a slam tick. He was kind of a fatty. Anyway. Um, are you prone to ticks? Don't shame. No, that was my first one. And Ever? I was, yes. Oh, wow. Um, and he came out really easily. Mm. It was fine. There was no mark. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Completely forgot about it in the craziness of the weekend. And then Sunday night. Bella said to me, Mom, what's wrong with the back of your leg? And I was like, what are you talking about? And there's a huge red swollen spot. It didn't hurt or anything until Bella got this thing on Amazon that you're supposed to put it on a bug bite and suck the poison out. Oh, I've wanted to try that. So she tried to do it to my leg, and that hurt really badly and then kept hurting. And so I'm like, rats. Mm. What? However... She has used that to get a thorn out that was sub epidural mm. on yeah. me, mm-hmm. and and it worked. Yeah. Popped it out all the way through, didn't hurt. And there was one other bug bite I had, right? And it really did get the poison out. Yeah, mm. just not so much for Rachel. No, it hurt really badly. So on Monday I went to Med Express, and they said, "Well, that's not indicative of Lyme's disease, but it is an infected abscess under your skin." So it was a dirty tick, and so now I'm on antibiotics, and that kind of stinks, and now it really hurts. And check for ticks, friends, because mm. they're a bunch of jerks. So, yeah, jerks. and there, really there are. are like that tick was, I would say, like animal. a middle size one. There was one I pulled off of my finger that was literally 
like a speck. Like it was so mm-hmm. tiny, it was the tip of a pencil. Right. But it was sticking out. And so I was like, it, oh, it's amazing. A little... that you saw it. And you think about like, especially like, right? We have hair, right? Like, like we were doing it, we did a disc golf week. Right. Well, like, but see, that's what often... irritates me is because I am so obsessive about bug spray, which mm-hmm. you all know. But I got that tick in the backyard. Mm-hmm. I didn't think right, to put right. bug spray on because I was in the backyard. Sure. And so that irritates me because I'm usually so vigilant about bug spray because. Mm. Farmer's Almanac has said that they're supposed to be bad this year. Well, they are. Um, so that was the bad. Food wise, I was super excited to eat pigs in a blanket at the graduation party. <laughs> oh, and Lex's broccoli salad was so good. Oh, so good. Delicious. Um, I love pigs in a blanket. It was delicious. I ate one million. You didn't think she would like, uh, you know, hunky food. Mm. Oh, I don't so know that you're allowed to say that. That's that's the um, little tiny wieners in the... Um, in the croissant. Yeah. Yep. The but crescent see, rolls. Every yes. time she says pigs in a blanket, I don't go with the weenies in a blanket. No, I go to Denny's with like the sausage in a uh, pancake. Blech. No, nope. uh, is that not... also called a pig in a blanket? Yeah. Well, there's also like a cabbage it's, dish. That's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Blech. that's the Polish dish. Oh, I think I mean no. I I'm think... talking about the little cocktail wieners rolled into a <laughs> rolled into a crescent roll, and they're delicious. And was that um, that was Rick? That was Uncle, Uncle Rick. Rick. Uncle Rick yes. that brought those, right? And I said to him, I was so excited, and he started laughing because. My brother, who came into town for the party, also with his family. Yes, he did. It was great he was to see super, with that. He was super excited about mm-hmm. the pigs in the blanket, too. So we, we like to... Is that something from your childhood that you guys used to make? Or Not at you all. Just... I just think it's... Uh, we like to keep it very lowbrow. Like, <laughs> there's all this fancy food there and all these yeah. beautiful things. And we're like, yay, right. t- tiny Like, Jay's spending hours and right. hours and putting right. a lot of effort into it. And, like, and you're do, just, like, pigs in a blanket. Right. I do have to admit, when Rick brought it up, because, like, it was a thing. Like, he came in and he was like, I got to find I gotta, I gotta, gotta find the stove. And then, like, Jay was like, Brian, t- take him down to the basement and or, you know, down to the fellowship hall. But we had two stoves in the fellowship hall kitchen. <laughs> Neither of them are plugged in. Right. So he had to cook them in, in like this um, toaster oven. Toaster oven. <laughs> but he brought them up. And then when he set them down, I'm like, here's broccoli salad. Here's brisket. Here's. A... So that's so funny to hear. That, like, he, had two, he had two trays of those and they, they were gone. gone at yeah. I'm telling you, man, like, if I wasn't on Carnivore, I would have housed some pigs. Oh, man. Like they are so good. Yeah. So yeah. For those of you about to host a graduation party. Yeah. Uh, weenies in a blanket. Seems to be the mandatory 5, food. Yeah. Right. And some of Lex's broccoli salad. Mm. Mm. Finger licking good. <laughs> mm. Hey, what is nice about this, and we talked about it in the intro, is the fact that, you know, a lot of people know who Rachel is. And what they don't know is who Rachel was. And so tonight is really just about lifting Rachel up because she, everyone thinks, oh, well, she was this perfect woman her whole life and she's got it all going on and she does. But there's a lot that has gone into that. And so both Brian and Eric have spent some time because uh, they've spent the last six, seven, eight years, you know, getting to know her and whatnot. But they're they're coming in tonight with just some questions and, and some background into how Rachel became who Rachel is. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Unless there's something you want to get off your chest first, honey. No. <laughs> Shocked. So you, you've had a pretty rocky... Um, Interesting background, different than a lot of people. I mean, everybody's everybody's got a background. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody comes through things, and and um, you know, you've 
you've been through a lot. You know, you uh, one of the things is that your mom died in right. She died in childbirth or right after shortly after you were born. Right. She mm-hmm. she you were born because your mom had to make a choice of it's either going to be the baby or you. I mean, the baby or her. Correct. Some, it, there's some gray area. Sure. And I don't know the history because there's nobody to really to articulate it right. well. Right. Right. But yeah, I was six weeks old. Mm-hmm. Six weeks old. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and, and like not to dive right into it. And I did clear this with Rachel before. <laughs> when did it hit you that, and again, even with the ambiguity around the those circumstances, when did it hit you that, you know, your mom may have and probably did sacrifice herself so that you might live. And and what are the implications of that as you are an adult? I mean, how, do you think about that often? When did it hit you? Um, and how do you how do you you know how do you deal with that? Hmm. That's a that's a that's a very let's get into it question. Right. Well, and it's also I don't know that I know those answers. Hmm. Um. Do you, you just don't think about it too much, or I don't. I think because just growing up, it was the just norm. a matter of fact, right? And so it really never hit you. You never had a moment of right. And growing up, we were—I don't want to say not allowed, but you just knew not to talk about it. Mm. Like there was, I so think just I shove was, it down. I think I was or, probably. I don't know how old. I can't. I really can't say how old. Like, but I didn't even know her name. Like we weren't allowed. You didn't to know s- your mom's name, wow. right? Like, we weren't allowed, you know, like, that was the feeling that you got that you just don't talk about it. So, there wasn't, or you know, it's that generation where they kind of say, like, oh, she had cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, you just whisper it. You don't talk about it. There was no pictures up. There was no, mm-hmm. everything, I guess, got swept into this, like, a steamer trunk and put in the attic that was locked until mm-hmm. I was an adult. Like, I didn't look Physically at- and metaphorically. Right. I mean, really. Like, right. So we didn't talk about it, didn't ever mm-hmm. show any emotion about it. And that's just kind of was normal. That's Do you know crazy. what I mean? Was, like, is that a metaphor? Like everything was like put into a trunk and added? Well, that's, no, what, that's what I'm saying. Physically I, and metaphorically. No, there is a literal trunk in my dad's Did attic. you ever like come upon it like when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. We and, tried to break into it yeah. several times and then didn't. And then, um, you know, when my dad died, and we took everything out of the house. I was like, man, I finally get to see what's in this trunk. Wow. And and that, w- I mean, how old were you then? 27. Wow. So nothing like that wasn't the defining moment. It wasn't like, okay, here's the secret, the chest that we were always looking for, locked with all of these things that are going to come flooding in. Like, not none of that. No. I mean, it hmm. sounds like really kind of shallow. No, I get like, that because, but that's that's the way it was. Right, right. Like you didn't know any different. Right, you know, like you didn't experience having a great mom your whole upbringing. Right, great. there was nothing. There was nothing to, to miss. miss. Right, yeah. Wow. Which sounds cold, except that there wasn't. But that's you know, real. That was like, life. That's, yeah, that makes... and I guess it didn't start until going to like elementary school that you realize that family is different. Yeah, and I know. I know specifically growing up in my school, there was divorced parents, but it was always the moms that had custody pretty much. And so I was the only one with a single dad. Yeah. So that was different. Yeah. Right off the bat. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Which was different, but. And you've talked about how bad Mother's Day sucked in school, not because you didn't have a mother, but because decisions they made. Sure. Like, it was always super awkward. I remember specifically in fourth grade, 
like being pulled out of the classroom to be told like okay everybody else is gonna make a mother's day gift so you can make one for your grandma and i'm like i don't have any grandmothers Mm -hmm. and they were like well what about an aunt and i'm like oh she lives in ohio i don't really have any but like it's fine and i was like it's fine like make the craft like it it was fine till you pulled me out of class yeah right Right. and you brought attention to this void in my life right right and i i mean it was it was difficult you know like i can remember you know kids parents say it was a, it wasn't the kids kids don't care at all like they right. just want to play together right right but it's their parents that would say like i would hear them like i can hear you saying like oh you can't go play at her house she doesn't have a mom like well what does that mean like mm-hmm. you know that was weird and mm. um you know there was one comment which i never understood maybe somebody out there listening could explain it they said it with the negative they said she looks jewish whoa and right wow and Talking i don't about know you yes but but in in regards to like like mothers in a negative and way day. like but n- like I don't know anti-Semitic and insensitive right I'm like yeah, I, I can hear that. you and I don't the- understand it but I know you mean it in a not nice way so you're the worst and like it was do you just, remember like circa when that would be I mean but elementary school with you. okay interesting I don't remember when uh-huh. but that's just weird it's weird <laughs> so, and to give like just a little bit of background we had um, a nanny. That would live at mm-hmm. our house. Mm-hmm. Like she would come Sunday night and then stay until Friday afternoon. Mm. Um, there were various nannies over the years. I don't really remember. On a scale of one to ten, what was the best? Of nanny? Yeah. Being that I cannot remember one name, I'll go with four. So were, the, were, were the nannies female? Yes. All they were them. always single. Always female. D- d- never had a car. Did you ever feel... A need to look at them as a significant female role model in your life because obviously you didn't have many other ones. Right. That's a good question because I do remember. I don't remember her name. I remember she had a terrible dog. She was four though. Um, and I <laughs> said something like about a mom or something, and she really yelled at me like, mm. "I am not your she mom." You. Oh yeah, oh. like it was very bad. Like you were wow. not to do that, and. Mm. You know, it was just, Jeez. right? And she had this stupid dog. And I so, hated that dog. Because I, th- I threw a Nerf, well, because I threw a Nerf ball at this stupid dog. And it hit, I mean, just a really soft ball. And it hit the dog in the head. And so for punishment, my brother and I had to stay outside literally until my dad came home from work. You had to sit, be, the nanny made you stay outside for <laughs> yeah, hitting her dog in the head. With a, uh, right. I was playing with the dog and had to stay outside for. Is this what was, uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's, that's weird. Um, abusive is the word you were looking for. Yeah, that's crazy. Abusive. Because you um, weren't 15. Oh, no, I was probably five or six. Well, or like, like, hey, you got to stay outside and play. You got to stay outside and sit in no, the corner. No, we were not allowed in the house. Like, we just had to stay in the backyard. So these things, um, you, one of your lowest, it's it's tied for your lowest, is uh, affection. Correct. Right. You're, minus, you're speaking of the relational needs questionnaire, which yes, is available the relation, to everybody online. Yes, available to everybody online at lunchtimeinrome.com. But your lowest is tied with um, support is affection. So as you're not getting any kind of, uh, we're going to shove any kind of feelings about intimacy towards your mom. We're going to just all these things that needed to be up. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to join everybody making mother's day cards and, and all of this. 
Jay, um, what's that correlation if she's this low on, you know, as low as she is on affection? Like, what's the correlation? Because obviously there's got to be some kind of correlation, right? Well, I mean, to a degree, I think you could even answer that. Or Rachel. Yes. Would you like to answer that? I don't understand the question. Question so being, given how you were raised, is that why there's like a void of affection, right? Like, like affection sure. is not really something that went on in your family or your life, um, and so by it being something that isn't really practiced, it, you know, it, it's not something that you are seem to be seeking or sought in your life. Maybe at some points in your life with certain relationships, you know, as you as you got older, but. Even now, if that's still the, one of the lowest, you know, your one of your lowest scores, obviously that lack of affection and then the, and that lack of needing affection still comes into play in your life. Sure. Would you say, Rachel, that growing up, because if, if you look at affection, instead of just saying okay, hugs and kisses and saying I love well, you, uh, can you define affection first of all? Like, sure. let's just get a baseline. Sure. Uh, affection is simply being either the expression of love to another person within a relationship, whether it be verbal or physical. Mm -hmm. So it can be simply a hug or it could be saying, I love you. Mm -hmm. And like the way I was raised, got a ton of I love yous, no hugs. But I know, but just not many. Right. And so, but where I think it's so ingrained, and again, you could have not received any affection growing up and have a very high score for it now. Mm -hmm. But in Rachel, in your case, and I know this is fair to say, but I will ask it in question. Is it fair to say you know, if you look at his affection as a level of or, or a expression of intimacy in its purest form, there was no positive affection. There was no. And it was, in fact, shunned because we don't talk about mom. We don't talk about really anything. There is no communication. So therefore, there is no level. There's an absence of intimacy in that upbringing. Right. And whatever there was, was negative. So it's not sure. just that you didn't get it, but from, you know, you got a complete um, lack of attention slash intimacy from your father. And if anything, it was negative. Mm -hmm. And then those who came in, I mean, you've described your nannies and sometimes your grandmother as, you know, some pretty mean people is a sure. good way to put it. So not only was it not there, but the any time it was experienced was negative. Mm -hmm. So how could it? So that is why it's not like she yearns for it. I'm it's almost like I'm going dead inside because when I get this, it's awful. Right. Either if I, I get, get negative this. emotions or I get no emotions. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's when we started dating and, and I wasn't the emotional needs guy then. It was, you know, I'd want to talk about things and you didn't care for that. Right. It just is very, there's a sense of just being like super vulnerable that's uncomfortable with all that. Like I don't. Like, why would I be vulnerable with somebody? That's for losers. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But that was but that's definitely what it the feels way you like. felt. Like, it's a negative feeling. So that's why it's, you know. Because for so many years in right. your life, that was reinforced. Like, just don't talk about it. Like, right. like even right from the beginning. Don't, we're not going to talk about your mom. Right. Uh, okay. Right. So you, yeah. Man, that's, that's amazing. Eric, do you have any? Mine was going to be a general question. And, uh, um. Because I, I knew about that, about you, Rachel, but Jay asked us, like, you know, what's something that you don't know? But that, like, that's kind of what I'm going to ask you is, like, something that I don't know. Like, what was, what's something that you would want to maybe, like, a story that you might want to share or a moment in your 
childhood life, like elementary school, middle school age that you would want to share that either was either a good thing or a bad thing growing up? Like something that you feel that like kind of shaped you of who you are today. Hmm. Because I know like I know a lot of the bad, like all the the really bad that we just talked about and, um, you know, other things, you know, later on in life that that have shaped you and, and all that. But like, I don't know really about that, like in between really time in your life where a lot of development happens. Hmm. All right, I'm I'm thinking of something positive. Okay. Yeah. Trying to. Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> well, while you're thinking of something, maybe you could talk about summers at Ann Carolyn's. True, true, true. Um well wait, I have two things. Ann Carolyn's house was always a lot of fun. Um but I always loved reading and that was like just love reading and when we did go to stores we were allowed like i was allowed to pick out whatever books and however many books i wanted so i always had books so i always loved reading and what kind of like did you were you into like fiction like scary oh scary okay yeah that's cool mysteries yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah like nancy drew i was a little too old for nancy drew but okay like along that like a mystery Mm -hmm. like and i would someday if i loved a book i would read it like a million times over and Mm -hmm. you know so reading was a good escape. I always liked. Yeah. I still it. love reading. I like reading. And you still have like a good mystery, right? Like, oh, yeah. 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 That's still your jam. Yeah. But that's yeah. interesting. You just reading was a good escape. Right. Yeah. Oh, going to the bookstore was like Christmas morning. Like just all the books, you know, just sit on the floor and. And that makes sense. Like a lot of like the stuff that we've talked about, like mm-hmm. you can like literally like you can escape to your own room right. or go to, go away from everybody mm-hmm. and nobody's going to judge you for like reading like oh she's reading that's really right. good you know what i mean like what it's a one jerk. of those th- right. yeah right you know and you can you can escape from the reality that right. that was around you that was really tough and hard growing up yeah which is funny because i love to read kind of scary books but i can't watch anything scary <laughs> even though you I watch think... unsolved mysteries and all those like murder things right on... but okay like in my head, like I can't watch scary movies because I think in my head when I'm reading a book, I can control what the images that the you're images seeing, are, right? but like to see them, down, right? like no, thank you, I don't want a creepy doll. <laughs> well, speaking of creepy dolls, my aunt has the creepy baby doll. It's a creepy baby doll, right? It's in the bedroom? No, it's in her fancy living room. Oh, I don't think I've noticed it. Oh, yes, you have. I mean, yeah, it's so creepy. Ugh. Anyway, I mean, a lot of baby dolls are freaky. Yeah, that's kind of especially uh, the old porcelain ones. Anyway, yeah. yes, my dad's sister, Aunt Carolyn, is younger than he was. Like she's yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but she's always lived in Ohio, and in the summers, so my dad could keep working and not have a nanny. We would, my brother and I, would go to Ohio and spend a lot of time there, which was super fun. Right, and yeah. he would, he would drive you. No, we we would fly. <laughs> oh, that's who. when you were thirteen. No, we were like five and six. But listen, it wasn't again. You, you're not it's even just, up in the air. It's right. It's yeah. like a it's like a dip. Yeah. But that was normal, and it wasn't ever he pushes you out of the car at the airport right. and just says, "Go check well, in it yourself." Was, it, was it was a different time, and like, it was never scary. Like yeah. my dad would walk us to the gate, and we would get our little pins, and a stewardess would come and introduce herself, it and then really we would. Was a different time, though. It really was. Well, a different and they time. would take care of you. They knew to look after you, right? A bit. And my yeah. aunt would be at the gate right at the end when we would. Get, yeah. We would be the first ones to get off. They put her in the. <clears throat> they put her in the non-smoking section of the no, plane. Right? That was great. That was yeah. great. Well, in the very. Front 
front, there was these tables that would fold down and we could play cards. So my point was it wasn't like, yes, I would probably make different parenting choices as a parent, but yeah. it didn't seem scary or weird yeah. or whatever then. Like, that was the it norm. Was, right. It yeah. was fine and, you know, a little unconventional, but... Not then. But if we can go there for a second. True. Because you, when we first started dating, you know, you talked about how those summers away, it was so much fun because it was like normalcy. It was what sure. a normal family, because you certainly came from a, we can't even say non-traditional family. Right. I mean, it was just a, well, we've talked enough about that. They but, were much more like, a, I don't want to say cookie cutter, but it was like <clears throat> my aunt would you know, set the breakfast table the night before and we would come down and there would be like actual cereal and mm-hmm. orange juice and milk. And we could sit at the table and like, pick because when you went cereal. to the grocery store at home, how did you guys shop? We would each get our own grocery cart and kind of walk around the store and then show up at the register with whatever. And did your dad say no? No. Right. And again, it wasn't over parenting, under parenting. There was no parenting. Yeah. And so here you got to Especially. experience normalcy, but Structure. something that's only occurred to me recently you know, you used to look to Chris, your cousin, mm-hmm. and just be like, you always sort of still felt like an outsider. Oh, sure. Can you Well, because they why? were all like blonde hair and blue eyes and they were pretty and cool and... Not Jewish. Right. <laughs> I don't even... Right? <laughs> um, you know, and they lived in this nice, clean house and had all these rooms that they could hang out in. And, and structure. Like, right. It was structured. You had... There was no yelling. Dinner. There was no... Mm. Oh, gosh. There's no yelling there. There was no yelling. There and was, how long like, were you there in the summer? Like, what, like... Just literally. a few weeks. Like, I think... Still, like, a few weeks is... That's good. Like, right. it's not just a week. Especially right. as a not five, just a six year old. Like, I mean, we would go. Forever. We would fly out. Right. And then, after a couple weeks, my dad would drive out, mm. stay a week... And then we would all go back. Now, would the mood change when your dad? Would the mood change when your dad came out? No, because my aunt was. She's, she's the, on the she ball. She was the Richard like, Whisperer. So she would mm. always have a project ready oh, for him that needed to be fixed. And he's only, a project kind of guy. Right, that only yeah. he like. Do you ever see a dining room chair with the caning on the yeah. back? Mm-hmm. He knew how to do that. Yeah. So she would have dining room chairs that needed to be. <laughs> I got twenty four chairs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have five days. <laughs> Um, but so he would go down to the basement and cane some chairs, cane a chair all for right. all day and come wow. up for dinner. And yeah, so she was very good at keeping him busy managing his time so and, that you yeah. guys could still right. feel like kids. Play. And, like, yeah, and we would go to the pool. We would play with their dog. Wow. Like it was. That yeah. must have felt like heaven. It was. And it always smells yeah. good. I still like to go into her garage. It smells good. Yeah. Like a normal garage. And what I'm celebrating is the fact that, and I don't know when it happened, because when we first started going out, it was still like, oh, Aunt Carolyn and Chris, and Dan, you know, but now you're very much peers. Like, I don't think you mm. look, not, I think you don't even look up to them anymore. Well, no. I'm taller than Chris, but that's <laughs> right. fine. But no, but I mean, I really do celebrate that you guys are friends and you're cousins and mm-hmm. it's a normal relationship. It's not this inferior or anything else that you have anymore. And I don't know if I've ever really truly appreciated how much that has grown right. over the years. Well, when we were little, my cousin Chris and her brother Jeff were significantly older sure. than my brother and myself. Um, Still Jeff, are. Well, Jeff, unfortunately, was killed in a car accident. But, um, mm. you know, Chris, now that we're both adults and parents and married people, like it's much more peer to peer. 10 and than, 5 and 40 and 35 are. 
right. drastically different age groups. Right. But she was so cool. They had one of those like phones in the kitchen with a long cord and she'd always be talking to like a, a friend and she'd take it into the living room and I'd be like, oh man, that'd be so cool. Because we had a phone, we had one of those candlestick phones where you mm. take it and you have to hold oh it like this gosh. and you couldn't walk away. That was it? That <laughs> yeah. Was the, that was the phone. That was so your dad. And so like, you couldn't. And wow. then if there was like a call waiting, you had to be like, wait, hold on. Okay. <laughs> Okay. And like, just, it wasn't even a normal phone. Like, I so badly wanted a phone with a long well, It wasn't even a rotary it was, phone. It was a normal phone in 1926. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and forgive me for not remembering the doll in your aunt's living room, but isn't that phone in our dining room? It is. Okay. And, good. and people think it's really cool, <laughs> which so is it is a cool, it is cool antique, but it's Spirit not cool when you're 12 and trying to have like a three way call with your friends or something. And it's, you know, you can't move right. more than a foot away from the mm-hmm. phone. So whatever. So, yeah. So everything there was like, I don't know, fancier and cleaner and Normal. smelled good. So, yeah. Wow. Um, Amazing. You've had a considerable considerable amount of loss and abandonment and or just indifference in your life i mean we haven't even talked about trey i mean you know i think a lot of people know and we don't you know you've you've had a lot of that how do you deal with right now as an adult going through all of the emotional needs and everything that you've gone through how do you how do you take that sum of your lifetime and and all of this you know, kind of wake of all of these and, 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 you know, deal with that in your, in your day to day, you know, obviously a lot of your early life was, I'm going to shove it down or we're just not going to talk about it. But now being healthier emotionally, how, how do you work that out? You ask the tough questions. I, I told you I was going to ask a couple. Right. Um, um, gosh, I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously, we try to be open and honest and vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, always having conversations, you know, if something pops up, even with our own kids, talking about hard things. Um, I, I, feel, I, I feel like Jay goes after your, you know, after your heart quite a bit. And, and if it wasn't for that, you probably would continue to just keep it locked up in that, you know, me- metaphorical chest that you have. Sure. So, yeah. And I think for him, I've always kind of been the sort of quiet supporter. You know, when we met, he was on Young Life staff and then that ended. And then you did try to find like secular jobs and it didn't work out. And he said, I just have a heart for ministry and I want to keep doing that. And then you were with a church that couldn't really pay you for a while. And but that was good ministry happening and then it you know starting at faith and so i'm better at being like the silent the strong and silent type well and brian to your end you know of all that she has been through in life i think is evident in the fact that her highest emotional need is in fact security mm-hmm. and so whereas what I, I do want to go backwards to something else later but um i think you've through life have been forced to have if you look at you know you've you've gone through the worst things life has to offer i say that a lot i said that about joe i said that about bellas about myself in in losing trey and and not having a mother and having a father that's just not there for you in any way shape or form other than financially um and so there's a wisdom to your life 
that you realize you can go through some things, Mm -hmm. I think. And so you do need to get it out and you do know, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're able to share with me, hey, this is what's bothering me. Sure. You know, and this is what I'm worried about. And and you'll even qualify it with, I know it's not that big of a deal, but. Mm -hmm. And so to sort of answer, not to answer for you, is you've got more experience in that that you understand that life can be really crappy, but you can also get through it. Right. But that you do reach out and get the help that you need relationally with either me or friends or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the point I was trying to make with that question is that now that you're, you know, you've come into this paradigm, you, you do understand that you do need a community, you know, so to speak, you, you do need people, even if you're not willing to proactively go out and Hey, you know, here's, here's me and, and let's, Mm -hmm. let's work on me. There are people that you still surround yourself with that you can trust now where, you know, maybe you would have never done that before. And, and, you know, that's, that's really, the epitome of why we're at this table you know what i mean it's, it's to all, all that stuff you shove down now you have an outlet you know and 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 i would encourage anybody that's listening if if you're in a situation like that you know you again again it is really healthy to find the people that you do trust you know to to be able to do these kind of exercises with i would like everybody else to stop listening because i have a question for my wife here i'm just kidding <laughs> so you said earlier you escape into reading and you love scary books so why would it be scary books when your life in and of itself was full of a lot of scary things why did you escape into a scary book yeah why not go for like unicorns and or the, or, or, <laughs> or adventures of a faraway land or, right. or a comedy right, mythology or, or whatever like right. why did scary movies give you comfort scary books not movies scary, sorry, never no, scary, scary movies scary, sorry <laughs> Do you think I have an answer? <laughs> I thought you might have some insight. I don't know. Maybe it's just what you... I enjoy them. Well, it's funny because you have like a high need for security. So like, why would you want to read about something that... It's a good point. ...might good cause point. you to put thoughts in your head that would make you more insecure, <laughs> you know? Well, and let me add, by scary, I mean a mystery or a whodunit. Suspense, Suspense more than horror. Not horror. Like, I don't read anything with ghosts or vampires or, like, children being abused or something. Like, right. Does that make more sense? Yeah. Good murder mystery. Right. Right. So is it, I'll give you two choices. I'll give you three choices. You'll love C. A, you said earlier, I can control the images in my head when I read that I cannot control in a movie and so does it give you a did it give you a power to be able to control the level of fright and or scariness b is it wow glad that's not me my life might suck but i don't have a psycho killer living next door or c i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i have not put as much thought into it as you have. Well, I've spent a good 30 seconds since we've been talking about it. Well, it's way more. It's 30 seconds more. (laughs) And I mean, I do read other things other than mysteries. I was in a book club once, and the only rule was you had to be open to all the genres presented. What was the most surprising book that you read? Do you know? No, I'm just asking questions. It's an interview, dear. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't know. We read so many. I did enjoy a lot of them. What's your favorite non-scary book? A tree grows in Brooklyn. Okay. Many trees do. Why was that book uh, so good? It just was. It's a very well-known classic. 
No, by the looks on your, your faces. in the room if uh, <laughs> they make a video game out of it, Eric's out. <laughs> That's true. It's a classic. It's a coming-of-age story of a girl in Brooklyn, and I don't know. It's a, Okay. Yeah, it's a yeah. really good That doesn't book. tie into your tattoo at all, does it? Your, your... No. Okay. Do you not know that That would have been a great story. Um, I, I'm sure I do. I'm sure <laughs> I've been told what that is, but... It's a great tattoo. You want to tell the story real quick or not? Well, it's a picture of three. It's a tree. It's a tree, tree with three little birds. Oh yes, I get. Yep. And the one is flying away. She's a big Bob Marley fan, uh-huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I, I understand. It's for my babies. Yep. Yeah, it's a great tattoo. Thank you. Indeed, it is. That's a beautiful. Rachel, at the grad party, you said one of the things that you feared was not feared. What would make you uncomfortable is when your worlds collide. Sure. And yet. Golly, did they collide. Right. And, and Brian, it was great. It was great. You were just alluding to how she has realized over time the need to reach out. What do you think are the similarities between your friends growing up and your friends now? And what role have they played in your life in from being 13 to being now at your age of 36? <laughs> <laughs> like, are there similarities between friend groups in the roles that they played in your life? Oh, man, these are tough questions. Um, are there similarities? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. What do you need your friends for? What? <laughs> well, like, what role do your friends have in your life? Like, what are consistent between, say, you know, Amy and Amy and Lex and Lauren and things like that now to your friend group growing up? Like, what are the similarities in your friend groups? I mean, I think it's just about being able to be real and like having realness and real conversations and saying stuff that you wouldn't say to somebody that you just met, but being able to say like, whatever, good, bad, ugly, with no judgment. There's no facade. There's no pretending. Right. That's certainly one, which is cool because that's one of your highest emotional needs was acceptance. And that's being loved, even though. You've made a mistake. Like you can, you can be a dork. You can be an idiot. You can get in trouble. You can I'm get so good at, at that. Uh, much more earlier than lately, but maybe that you relied more on your earlier friend group for that as well. But what about friends who have your back? Like how important is it to you that you know that your friends are there for you? How important is it? Yeah. Very. <laughs> I would say your friends are very loyal. Yes. Whether you need something in a moment's notice now, sure, you know, or having you know your back when somebody wanted to beat you up in high school, which happened how often? Oh man, I had a big mouth. <laughs> Boy, why was your mouth big? I was usually trying to defend somebody. Who would you try to defend? Like the underdog, but then they always had an older sister or something that was <laughs> always much bigger than me. Rats. Oh, I got chased by a mom in a parking lot of Pizza Hut. <laughs> oh, the police had to come. It was great. I didn't get beat up. I ran away. What was that mom's name? Please say Karen. Please say Karen. I have no idea. But man, she was coming after me. Well, and, and I'm not trying to lead you on or make you discover anything. But if you look at it, you know, you have a high need for encouragement. And if you look at your friends growing up and your friends now, gosh, did they encourage you? Mm-hmm. And again, I think very much. You go to your friends growing up and your friends now, and they have, you know, they have been there for you in literal physical danger, but in through some of the darkest times of your life. Sure. Um, and then as far as, you know, uh, you have a 
a good need for approval, blessing, belonging. That's being a part of something. Well, I mean, you were the part of the, what was your friend group growing up, dear? The Westview Posse. <laughs> so thug. <laughs> right? You know, and now with our friend group now, we're pretty easily identifiable as well. Well, and the sense of security is your highest. And I believe that, you know, you found a group of people that you can feel safe with. Sure. You know, because you're not going to be an open and honest and vulnerable person. And I think that those, you know, you could back then and you can now with, you know, still both sets of friend, you know, right. friend groups. But I, that really does allow you the um, the space to be able to to be yourself, which I, I think is what you need, you know, as, as, as from a security standpoint, mm-hmm. you, you need to know that you're you're good. Is there anything that when we get off the air tonight, you're going to say, you know what I should have said? Um, I can say no with you at the same exact time, or just don't do it on your own. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. Please do. Well, I, I mean, we can talk about security for a second, unless you're done. Like, is my time yeah. up? No, no. We uh, we talked to the sponsors, and they gave us the go ahead yep. to go over a little bit. Uh, what about security? Well, just because I think very often when people think of security, they're thinking of. Did I lock the doors? Did I lock the windows? Are we mm-hmm. physically safe? Whereas for me, it's much more, not that I don't enjoy those I was, things. I was like, what? But it's much more, where is everybody? Do mm-hmm. I know where everybody is? Did everybody check in? Like, and even when I'm feeling anxious about stuff and I just need for you to be close, I don't need you to say a dadgum thing, help or do anything, but just to know that you're okay, close by, mm-hmm. like just be in my space with no. me. Like, it's not about, like... You're not alone. Right. Right. And just knowing that if I did need something, which I don't, that he would be there to do that. So it's not just about physical security, but it's about knowing mm-hmm. that. Like a, It's a weird hybrid of the two. Mm-hmm. Because you are very concerned with the physical safety so that those who you love are okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, it's I'm going to lock the doors because I don't want something to happen to my children. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't give a rat's right. behind what happens to you. Right. Like, you're fine with that. You don't right. care. You'll walk down the worst street in the world. And you probably don't want to take a walk in the woods by yourself. But that's. Ugh, there's ticks. <laughs> 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 but listen, what did I say this morning? There was a siren that we could hear in oh, our yes. neighborhood. And I said, because oh, our son Joe is in Texas with some friends. He left yesterday and they're in Texas. And I heard a siren. I said, oh, finally, a siren that I don't have to worry if that's going to help Joe. Because oh, wow. he's out driving around. But it's true. When I hear sirens, I'm like, what time is it? Where's Joe? Is he working? Is he mm. driving? Like, what's going on kind of thing? And hmm. would, would it be fair to say that you have a sense of impending doom when it comes to stuff like that? Like if the phone rings. Oh, my gosh. What is it? When the or, home phone rings. Yes. Yeah. Or when you hear a siren. Right. Or when someone doesn't call. Oh, Yeah. Not so much for the sirens. I mean, that's, I think, an exaggeration in my head, except that it is a real concern. Like, I do And go, it popped like, into your head. Right. Um, but, yeah, when the home phone rings, that's, like, that's why I always say you have to check to see who it is. And you're like, it's nobody. It's a sa-, Which, 100% of the time, it's a salesman or something. But it could be that one Sales time. person. Thank you. Right. But that one time, it could be, like, who's calling the landline? Like, right. It, it could be an emergency or something. To which Eric and Brian say. Who has a, hand, a landline? Right. We do. We might have to get one at some point because of Maggie. But yeah, that's all I had. 
Why does Maggie need a landline? Well, because she needs to like dial like 911 or something at some point, you know. She doesn't have a phone. Right. Yeah. And then you get into those dial out only phones and things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As far as phones go, as parents, I think we can all do better. Do better. Dateline, your house last night. What? Yeah. So we've been watching this show called <laughs> Strong. <laughs> And um, it's a it's it's a it's a it's a really interesting concept show where they take these contestants. Um, they're all females. They're they're you know overweight. They're looking to get into shape, and they pair them with personal trainers. You know, some of these personal trainers are celebrity personal trainers. Um, they all come from different kind of training backgrounds. But at the begin at the very beginning in the first episode, each of them got to choose who they wanted to train with. And there's this one couple, there's this one guy that we've all kind of been making fun of as we've watched the show. His name's Kai. And um, he's he's like this just, I mean, how would you describe Kai? Ask he's Rachel. Like, how would you describe him? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say <laughs> Keeping a PG. Oh, I, but I, skeezy. Skeezy. That's there what I kept go. saying. He's just so like, skeezy. He, he, yeah. he like, he's over the top. He, he like, he's, he's so extra. He, yeah, he, he's... <laughs> just kind of got this martyr complex everybody's out to get him um he hasn't done really well as a a, like he's supposed to be this physical he's all talk yeah he is all All talk talk. so nothing but a lot of talking a badge nothing but a lot of talking a badge badge. nope no badge so no cattle so this this last episode we watched he they he, he and his partner got paired up with another couple that had to run the final you know um the elimination the, 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 the elimination challenge right and um there's this one part of the challenge where you have to do like um monkey bars monkey bars right i mean they're, they're kind of like it's almost like a like a like a dna strand helix. looking helix looking thing where like you know you twist and turn it but the point is you should be able to cross as a as a especially when your partner the one that you're supposed to be training she banged it out she got across right and the the other team the girl did it three times got to the end and fell the first two times got back up and did it again the third time made it all the way through this guy mm-hmm. kai oh my the first time he gets on like he's he's just like rubbing his hands and like he jumps up and he makes it like like a quarter of the way he's like my hands my hands and like he falls off and like just <laughs> falls onto the ground and face you know just so dramatic so dramatic and i don't know if the producers are telling him to do this or not but i don't think they were and he, it, like he just could not complete the thing he could not complete the thing i think he was trying to make it look like he was like like suffering just, this is my so battle right. yeah yeah the battle of my lifetime oh uh, he's the he's the like i feel like if i had enough and y'all know me not the most physical guy in the world uh i feel like if there was enough pressure i feel like i could get across that thing. sure well absolutely. and especially because you're the trainer and the girl that you're training got through right and she's like you got him oh. like she's coaching I felt him so bad for her and i oh, felt yeah. so bad for her because like at the as they wrap the whole episode up it was like and like she's like i knew i had what it took to make she never threw well at least publicly never right. threw him under the bus i, I wonder but and like he's he's trying to be like he's trying to comfort her and like we're all like come on dude. so like, what emotional needs were not met and he was still being condescending in yes. their exit interview so therefore Respect. I mean, respect that, wasn't that met by respect. her. Yeah, her, her respect was not met. Yeah. What else? 
Uh, well, support. There you, you go. Support. <laughs> support <yeah. laughs> when you <laughs> fail at your encouragement, he wasn't being he encouraging. At all. No, he wasn't even there. At but all. he did not support her in the task that he needed to support By her. By definition, with. Yes. he did not support her at all. No. Well, so, and he didn't like. There wasn't a good sense of belonging because, like, he it was about him. It, it wasn't was about, about her. Right, exactly. Uh, there was no team there. Right. He missed every emotional need. Yeah. Security because so, she lost money because she didn't win yes. the event. Right. I well, mean, it definitely doesn't comfort because he, like everything that he would say was not comfort at, at all. It was like, platitudes. Oh. And he gave oh, her yes. And he gave her affection, Blech. which like, nobody would want. So he hurt no, that one too. It him. was sweaty affection <laughs> <laughs> with like armpits and and nothing. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he I, should do better. I would say to Kai, do better. Hey, Aww, Dateline. Yeah. Florida, ping. Oh, late. St. Petersburg. A Florida woman thanked a bartender on social media last week for helping her avoid a potentially awkward situation. Max Gutierrez, who works at the No Vacancy Bar and Restaurant in St. Petersburg, used a note disguised as a receipt on June 13th to protect two women from harassment. According to a woman whose Twitter handle doesn't matter, Gutierrez approached her table and handed her a clipboard which looked like a receipt, the newspaper reported. The note read, if this guy's bothering you, put your ponytail on the other shoulder and I will have him removed. He is giving me the creeps. Mm. After the man left, Gutierrez posed with a note while one of the women took a photo for the tweet. More than a week later, Gutierrez, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, that's, uh, you can't do better than that. That's right? a heads up can't bartender. That's sneaky. Nice yeah. and sly. So what emotional needs are there? Oh, it's obviously, it's, I think it's a lot of things, though. I think it's certainly security. That's Definitely easy. security. That's easy. Um, but I think almost approval, belonging, like, I matter as a person. Maybe it's a simple level of respect. Support? That, mm-hmm. No. No, I, I mean, mean, I'm saying oh, also support. support. Sure. Helped her get rid of somebody. Yeah. Comfort, but almost, you, like. Yeah, because, hey, I can see that you're in, that right. you might be in an awkward situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just a stud move. And that apparently they do, there are some people that get trained to do that in mm. the industry as well. Wow. So can't do better than that. Can't do better than that. Can't do better. And with that, we are going to wrap up episode 119. Please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Uteruses and uh, (laughs) buttholes. Membrane. (laughs) pigs in a blanket tiny wieners blonde hair and blue eyes and they were pretty and cool and not jewish she banged it out sweaty affection <laughs> oh, hate life egg chick chick pull, pull it. it twist it bop it <laughs> <laughs> hey look, you know here's here's me and and let's mm-hmm. let's work on me